Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher. And today we're going to talk about adventuring to age 100 and beyond. This is going to be an episode packed with both science-based tools and encouragement for all of us to consider as we age. With advancement of technology and innovative doctors like today's guest, turning back the clock is becoming a reality. And it means that age no longer has to be a reason why we choose not to follow the voice that calls us to adventure. Our guest, Dr. Jeffrey Gladden, a board certified interventional cardiologist and the founder of Gladden Longevity, human performance and longevity optimization. Dr. Gladden lives in Irving, Texas, and he has an incredibly impressive resume of honors, board certifications, and fellowships. His professional career as a cardiologist goes both deep and wide. Dr. Gladden is host of the Gladden Longevity podcast and was recently featured in Suzanne Summers' book, A New Way to Age, The Most Cutting Edge Advances in Anti-Aging. Born in 1954, Dr. Gladden is more active than ever. He runs, surfs, mountain bikes, hikes, plays guitar, and has plans for even more. He's fast, agile, and strong and capable, and every aspect of his life is fuller and more engaged because of it. And best of all, he's here to share with us how 100 can become the new 30. Dr. Gladden, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the campfire. Oh, Scott, it's a pleasure. Really a pleasure to join you. I really enjoyed watching your intro to the podcast. You know, it's inspiring just to watch that quite honestly. I know. So, yeah. I love it. You sit, sit there I want to be talk. doing all that for decades to come. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I love that. So let's just go straight to, um, so Gladden Longevity, you are its founder, and the mission is incredible. The mission is to make 100 the new 30, and I'd love to just start right there. Can you tell us what that means? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me just set a little context for you, and that is that, um, you know, in traditional medicine, um, we're all trained in a particular way to... Uh, be a specialist, if you will, or a generalist, whatever it is. But we get trained up and we we get a series of answers, if you will, a series of tools that we work with. And the problem with most professions, quite honestly, is that they get married to their answers. And in my world, what happened to me in my 50s when I got sick was I went in and got tested and was told, hey, you know what, you're just getting older. Why don't you take an antidepressant? Um, I would putting on weight, didn't have any energy anymore. Um, you know, was developing brain fog. My father died with dementia. It's like, I can't believe I've hit the zenith of my life and it's going to be downhill from here because I am a mountain biker, snowboarder, surfer, body surfer, you know, runner, etc. And <clears throat> it really kind of threw me into um, the whole functional medicine, age management medicine, integrative medicine to crack that code. And what I found was that there was a world of answers out there that I had no idea existed. And <clears throat> it came down to the fact that I'd been married to a particular set of answers. So I left what I termed sick care and started to focus on healthcare because after I 
two and a half years um, of going down that path, I was able to crack the code for myself and I felt great again, right? I, I lost 20 pounds of fat, put on 10 pounds of muscle, weighed about what I did in college, had all kinds of energy again, and, and literally cracked the code. And some of it was genetic testing that enabled me to, to get past the brain fog. And part of it was uh, doing biometric testing to understand I had subclinical hypothyroidism that doesn't show up in your blood work, other hormone depletion. So it's really, you know, peeling back and looking behind the curtain. So that led us to the question of, geez, if I feel this good, I wonder how good I can be. Mm. I wonder how fit, how strong, how mentally sharp. And that really became a global question. How good can my life be? How good can my relationships be? How good can my my spiritual connections be? How good can my sense of purpose be, right? It's, so it became this adventure into asking a big question, how good can I be? And from there, it it evolved into adding the question, how do we make 100 to new 30? And how do we live well, quote unquote, well, not survive to, but live well beyond 120? Um and, you know, a lot of people talk about longevity. It's like, I want to live to 100, 120. I want to live to 150, 300. And I find that such an abstraction. I, yeah, I, I yeah. can't relate to it, right? Every picture of somebody 100 years old, it's like, geez, that's not exactly what I'm going for. Right. So I started to ask these questions about really how do we stay young and how do we function like we're 30 when we're chronologically 100? So that's really a little bit of the origin of that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, I mean... 100 is the new 30. It's a, it's a big statement. Is that just, uh, you know, is that just a, something to aspire to, or is this something that that's going to become a reality? Well, it's the title of the book that's coming out this spring. <clears throat> yeah. hundred is the new 30. Um, how we'll stay young forever by playing the symphony of longevity. Um, and there's a lot of, a lot of insights even in that title, quite honestly, but yes, I do believe it's becoming a reality. Um, you know, the way that we function now, um, we're able to function decades younger than our chronological age. And, <clears throat> you know, I was an average athlete. I wasn't a star athlete. I was an average athlete, but I always enjoyed my athleticism. And yet I'm able to do things today as well as I've ever done them. Um, and, you know, I was born in 1954, so people can do the math on that. But um, <clears throat> it's um, it's super exciting to think about that. But it does take um, asking the right questions, because there's a couple of assumptions that people make that really derail them from being able to access all of their adventuring spirit for years and decades to come. And the first one is that we don't perceive aging properly. We sort of perceive aging as a linear process. It's another year. It's another birthday. I don't feel yeah. that different, right? When it's actually an exponential process. Yeah. It's an exponential process. And so understanding that when you develop a strategy for how am I going to age well, <clears throat> eating well, sleeping, learning to meditate, having good relationships, regular exercise, throwing some saunas, some cold plunges, you know, certain supplements, you know, whatever, um, <clears throat> that becomes the strategy. And unfortunately, that is a linear response. It's a get healthy response to an exponential problem. So it's a linear response to an exponential problem. And it, it's not going to carry the day. So <clears throat> what we've discovered is that there are three strata of medicine. One is the symptom-driven medicine, right? Uh, for example, did you see your doctor today, Scott? Did you see your 
did you see your doctor? Did not. No, no because you feel fine, right? So yep. you only go when you have symptoms. Yep. And then <clears throat> the second layer is functional medicine, right? Which is root cause medicine. All right, well, let's get to the root cause of why is your knee doing this? What's your hip? What's going on with your back? What's going on with your heart? What's going on with your, you know, whatever it is, hormones. Um, and that's a very appropriate approach. But it also falls into the category of a get healthy approach. And then longevity medicine is what we're defining now is the medicine that actually resides below uh, root cause medicine <clears throat> and also uh, symptom driven medicine. And longevity medicine is focused on the real drivers of aging. What are the biochemical genetic uh, things that are actually driving the aging process? And of course, mindset is part of that as well. Mm -hmm. So it's psycho spiritual that drives aging also. Um, but what are the things that are actually driving the aging process and going directly at those? And that's the difference because if somebody comes to us with a bad hip, let's say, well, fix my hip. Okay, well, we can fix your hip, but we're not going to fix it the way somebody else would. We're not going to give you symptom relief with a steroid shot, right? We're not going to get right. to the root cause by getting your back realigned. We are going to do all, we're not going to give you the steroid shot, but we are going to fix the symptoms. So we're going to fix the back, but then we're going to look at what are the longevity drivers that are actually getting you to this point in the first place right which could be mental social spiritual and it could be genetics it could be some other things and once you figure these things out once you actually break down the aging process and it has been broken down for us there's there's 15 hallmarks of aging now uh, that are well defined in the literature um, some of them are drivers and some of them are consequences of but they they kind of flip back into being drivers as, as somebody declines in a particular area. Anyway, once you actually go after those, in addition to going after the root cause of the hip and the symptoms of the hip, now you're setting somebody up to actually get their hip fixed, but not have it be a problem in the future. Right. And that's really the result that I think anybody really wants. Yeah. I, I love, there's so much that you said in here that um, just hit some triggers for me. I, I think the first one, um, you know, I think more and more people are, are understanding what this means, but you said you left sick care and got mm -hmm. into healthcare. I mm -hmm. love that. Yeah. And then, and then you talked about the three different kinds of, um, I'm not sure you said the types of medicine, the types of treatment, but you said symptoms. Yeah. Symptom driven, which is our traditional sick care system. Right. Yep. And then functional medicine and then longevity medicine. And I've heard yeah. of functional medicine. I think that's something that's becoming more and more known. You're the first person I've ever heard say longevity medicine. And I love yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And it's a it's another tier. It's another approach. It's another lens that through which you look at someone to say, OK, you love to fly fish. You love to mountain climb. You love to do whatever kayak, whatever you want to do. How do we keep you going for years and decades? That's that's the trick, right? It's not, well, my, I threw my shoulder out. OK, well, we can fix that. But that doesn't put you on a different trajectory for life. We want to change people's trajectory. We want to change the whole glide slope of aging, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So do you have to start with sick care before you can go to healthcare or can you go straight to healthcare? As a patient or as a, yeah. or as a practitioner? As, a, as an individual. <clears throat> um, as an individual, you can go straight to longevity care and get, you know, root cause care and symptom care thrown in right? Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the package. If you go to symptom care, the problem is that <clears throat> some of the solutions that are given to you there actually undermine your longevity. 
And what I mean by that is you get a steroid shot into your knee because something's bothering you. Okay, well, that's fine. It's short-term relief for long-term loss. Now that actually the joint is deteriorating more or you tore your meniscus, they're going to cut out part of your meniscus. That's a short-term gain for now you're going to develop arthritis at a faster pace and need a knee replacement. So symptom-driven medicine is really focused on relieving symptoms without thinking about the long-term consequences. And and that's part of the problem. And I, you know, I practiced it for 25 years, right? I mean, so I'm, I'm empathetic to the people that are, that are doing it. I mean, they're try, they, they think they're doing the best they can do and they think they want to do a good job for you. There's no malicious intent. It's just that they're not asking the right questions. So. Hey everyone, it's Scott here. This podcast is a passion project for me because I absolutely love adventure. And it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in Charlotte, North Carolina, that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks for your referrals. Yeah. I mean, this hits, this hits home for me personally, because I think I've shared on this podcast before, but five or six years ago, um, I thought uh, I was never going to run again. I was out training and just pulled something. There was no injury, but something happened. I woke up the next morning and I couldn't, I couldn't move at all. And I just, mm -hmm. I thought, I thought I needed surgery. I thought I needed, and I went through the whole, I got ster some steroids and all, all kinds of different stuff. But at the end of the day, I ended up getting connected with a great, um, sports rehab chiropractor and my yep. personal trainer who helped me figure out what the root cause was, which is exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And, uh, you know, over the course of a few years, I was able to kind of figure out how to move again. And I know that's just one piece of, yep. of what you train people in, but it's like this, this stuff works. Like, you know, the medicine is, as you said, it's just treating symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. And yep. uh, what you're doing is helping people in the long term. So as I've kind of gotten to know you a little bit, I, I see somebody that's really got an unbelievable uh, career in cardiology, but you're also an adventurer. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I presume that adventure and, and being active is has played a huge role in, in kind of how Gladden Longevity has come to be. And I just wondered if you could kind of share a little bit about your story and how how Gladden Longevity came to be. Um. Well, the, um, you know, I, I would, I've considered myself an adventurer, I suppose, my entire life. And I think uh, one of the things that got me on that path was um, I had some athletic capability. Like I said, I'm not a star athlete, but I was good enough to make teams and play and do things and have fun. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, as a kid, it was kind of rough and tumble uh, where I was, you know, a lot of contact, football, wrestling, you know, whatever it might be. And we would go on kids adventures into the woods, you know, into the polywog farm into or pond or whatever it was, you know, it was little adventures, but, yeah. but adventures, there was an adventuring yeah. spirit. Let's take our bikes and ride a place we've never gone before. Yeah. You know, that yeah. whole spirit of what's, what's over the hill. Um, and, and then really, I think, you know, going into medicine is an adventure, right? Because it's like, how much can you learn and how fast can you learn it? And then can you actually, uh, you know, make that useful for people. Yeah. Massive adventure. I mean, you're going into the unknown, a complete yeah. unknown, right? And then from there, um, 
once I got into my cardiology practice and started to build my own cardiology group, um, I joined some people and was with them for about seven years and then decided I was going to do my own group. And so I started my own group and built my own group and had 10 offices and 12 doctors. And, you know, we flew around in a little A36 Bonanza and I started cath labs and got involved with medical device companies and, you know, lots of different things. So all of that was very adventuring. It was like, okay, I'm actually an entrepreneur kind of as a physician. And I, I think the first time I realized my entrepreneurship was when I was in college and was painting houses with some, some former high school teachers of mine, and they were doing some, some weird stuff. And so I decided to leave and start my own business. And I took a couple of friends with me and we, and I started a painting business. And so that was an adventure. Nice. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I paid for, you know, a portion of my college each year by, by painting in the summers, if you will. So the other thing was that when I was age 12, my dad, uh, and my mom's dad were avid, uh, fishermen and pheasant hunters and things like that. Golf. They like to play golf. Those was really the triad for them. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, at age 12, they said, okay, Jeff, you're old enough to start coming with us on these trips. And so there were these father-son trips, right? These generational father-son trips going out west, fly fishing, fishing, you know, hunting for birds, doing all these kinds of things. And it really got in my blood about what a cool thing it is to leave home, you know, leave my mom and my sister behind and go out with the guys and just explore and do stuff. And I w- I've been hooked ever since. So when um, when my first uh, child was born, Chris, um, he, he's, a, he's, he's a great kid. I mean, just a wonderful kid. Um, my college roommate of four years was having kids about the same time. And so um, he was a pastor. <clears throat> I'm a physician. So I would basically tote the bill, but I would take us on these father son adventures all over the place, Costa Rica, California, Catalina, Cal, you know, Colorado, um, you know, Chile, yeah. uh, Charlie and I ended up going to Kamchatka fly fishing, you know, uh-huh. and we've, we've been all about adventures our whole life. Right. So, so all that's been, been super fun to do and you never want to give that up. And then my son started, uh, snowboarding when he was about 15. So at that point I'm 45 and he said, dad, you've got to try this. And so I was a skier prior to that. Right. So it's like, okay. So I put on all the dirt bike gear that I had. I, I was a dirt bike rider, a motorcyclist. I've been all over motor motorsports. I could tell you stories that you'd probably think less of me for, but, um, <laughs> we'll go anyway, ahead. Some other time. Probably you want to hear. Yeah. So, but anyway, I put on all my protective gear and, um, and started snowboarding. Right. And then we got better and better and better. And then we started heli snowboarding and the snowcat snowboarding and going to Chile and going to Canada and doing the bugaboos and doing, you know, all these different places. And it's like, just, I mean, you just love it. You feel so alive when you're there. Right. I mean, it's just like you're in touch with the world, these beautiful vistas, you feel just grateful to be alive. And, um, and you just have these amazing experiences. So I think life is an adventure. And then I will tell you this, that the other massive adventure is actually working on yourself, Mm. you know, really cracking the code on who am I? Why am I making the decisions that I am? Like I've been married twice previously. And the question becomes, okay, well, why did I choose these people? Right. Why did I choose these people and going in and actually the adventure of actually figuring that out, figuring that out and then making changes relative to that. 
and then continue to, to, to explore. How do I become my best self, right? What are the things that I don't see that other people see, the blind spots that I have, and uncovering those and getting those fixed. And then this adventure, this internal adventure, creates so much more appreciation for the external adventures. Mm -hmm. So the whole, the whole thing is an adventure, quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, I love how you went to the inner adventure. That's, I mean, it's huge. I mean, the outer adventures that you're talking about, they all sound epic, but ultimately like what you're talking about with this inner adventure, I mean, that that's, that's like the essence of what makes the rest of it even matter. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And quite honestly, it turns every day into an adventure yeah. because the people you talk to, the way you go about life, the way you're thinking about, I mean, it's, um, it really, it's, you, you can have an adventurous mindset. In fact, I don't know if you're familiar with different profiles that people do like disc and culture yeah. index and Colby. Oh, I love like, these. Right. So yeah, I love these too. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Myers-Briggs, things like that. So anyway, on the culture index, I'm a daredevil. Okay. Uh, which means I have a lot of autonomy. I'm reasonably social. Um, I'm not terribly patient. Um, I'm going to delegate things like that away. And, and the rules don't apply to me. So it's just a straight line back. Right. And so, you know, I think uh, it's funny, all my kids, the rules don't, don't apply to any of them, which I find really interesting. We're different, different yeah. profiles, but it's this idea of imagining what could be. It's this idea of imagining what if we did this? And that's the, to get back to your original question, this yep. is the origin of glad and longevity. I've been trained this way, but what if we cracked the code on aging? What if we did that? What, how would that change everything? And I'll tell you, there's a real insight around that because there's a graph of the exponential decline that we experience with aging <clears throat> being driven by these drivers of aging that compound themselves. It's like compounding interest in a negative direction and take us down over the waterfalls. Um, but then when you look at your life from the standpoint of impact, it's a curve in a different direction. Like every decade of your life, you probably have more impact than all the decades prior, mm -hmm. whether it's regards to your family, your finances, your business, your community, your church, you know, your, your country, you know, the planet for that matter. Um, and yet when those two lines cross, the one going down and the one going up, your impact may go up for a, a little bit after, but then it's, it craters, right? It just craters. Whereas if you stay young for a long time and you have that exponential growth in your impact, right? When you map that out over an extra three, four, five decades of staying young, the return on investment that you put with time, attention, resources into staying young and really staying young, working on the longevity piece comes back to you a thousandfold. Yeah. I mean, it's really dramatic. So nobody fully comprehends this because it's never been available before, but it, but it is becoming available. It's, it's available now. We're literally turning back the clock now for people based on all the different ages that we measure. So yeah. I cool. gotta, I gotta stop you for, I'm getting, I'm actually kind of getting some chills here. Cause this is, uh, this is really, when you talked about the graph, you talk about the, the impact and it's kind of exponential until it stops. That's right. What was the other curve? What did you call the other curve? The other curve, the second curve <clears throat> is that if you have youthfulness, right? If you stay youthful, let's say you stay 30 or 40 <clears throat> for decades to go, yep. right? Then your impact, which is increasing exponentially, has all those decades to continue to accrue. Yep. And so the amount of impact you can have across all the specters of your life, in turning per including personal growth, um, personal adventures, 
external adventures, all of that can continue to accrue beyond your yeah. wildest dreams, right? Because you now have the foundation to do it. Yeah. So what I love about this is, that, you know, so many people I'm, I'm, uh, so thankful and grateful to be surrounded by people that are excited about personal growth and development. And so many of those people, myself included, you know, making an impact on the world is important, mm -hmm. you know, and to yeah. just, just to hear the wisdom, uh, that, that you shared that every, you know, basically every 10 years of your life, like your, your level of impact is likely to be exponentially better than essentially your life up to that point. Yes. And so this idea that if we can extend our own longevity and be youthful for longer, I mean, it kind of gives hope to people that are feeling like, you know, I haven't made my impact yet. It's kind of like, it's okay. Correct. You got correct. time. Correct. Yeah, correct. That's you really have time. Cool. You have time if you apply a time, attention, and resources, right? Yeah. And we see this already. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's already obvious apart from addressing longevity because you have people that neg neglect their health, right? And you see that their curve is a much steeper decline, whereas if you pay attention to your health, you get extra decades. But you still age and you still, you know, by age 80, um, you know, there aren't a lot of people skiing, right? But if you can, if you could extend that for another three or four or five decades after that, right? Because you've really invested in staying young. I mean, it's, it just becomes dramatic. Like I, I, I want to be snowboarding with my great grandkids, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's fabulous. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Can, can you take us into Gladden Longevity and talk a little bit about how um, your organization is both? So, cause what I see is Gladden Longevity is, is helping individuals that's right. You're also at the forefront of really creating the next evolution in the in the medical field. That's right. And there's kind of two different things going on. Can can you talk about both of those things? Maybe we can start with individuals. Yeah. So the client experience here, uh, essentially, we've designed to be a comprehensive kind of deep dive into uh, answering the question that you're asking. Right. So let's say you're asking the question, well, how old am I anyway? Because people are familiar with the concept of biological age and mm -hmm. many people have had a, a biological age measured. Uh, maybe they had, you know, their DNA methylation age measured or maybe they had their telomeres measured or maybe they, uh, you know, did some fairly routine blood tests, but it was run through an algorithm that gave them an estimated biological age. Right. The problem with those is not that they're a problem. The problem with them is that only one of them is done. And then people say, oh, I'm four years younger or five years younger, whatever. So I'm good, right? I'm good. It's reassuring. I'm good. I'm okay. When in actual fact, we are a mosaic of biological ages. We measure over 60 of them right now. And right now we're doing a deep dive on science with a new product that we're bringing out right now that we've been using inside of our research protocol for the last seven months, which is going to make us make us so we can look behind the curtain at these real drivers of aging and actually see what's happening there. Um, <clears throat> so there's going to be an even more comprehensive mosaic of ages, if you will. So if somebody's asking the question, well, where am I in the aging process? How, how am I doing? You know, they can engage with us and we can do that. We can actually do a deep dive. It's going to be across all three levels of, you know, performance and health and and well, actually four levels with mindset and then longevity, health and performance. <clears throat> we'll do metrics around all of that um, and be able to give somebody coaching then around, OK, here are your assets, here are your liabilities. You're only as young as your oldest age. 
So what is that? Is that your heart? Is it your brain? Is it your blood vessels? What, what is your oldest age, right? Because this is, we need to focus on this, right? We need to get this more youthful. Yeah. Um, and that's the beauty of, of how we work. Yeah. I want, I want to ask you, so you talked about the mosaic of ages mm -hmm. and I saw, I was kind of looking at your, the Gladden Longevity website talks about this a little bit, but I just wonder if you, for listeners, if you could just kind of explain what is that, the mosaic of ages, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of like, um, in a business, you have a mosaic of business indicators, mm -hmm. right? You wouldn't look at your business and say, it's got one metric that tells me everything I need to know. Cash in the bank, right? We have cash in the bank. We're good. Everything's good. I'm fine. We're good. Yep. Right. But we make that, we make that mistake with our biological age. We get a something tested and say, oh, that one's okay. I'm good. You know, and we want to be good, so we so we want to attach to it. Yeah. Or I'm not as good as I should be, but then we rationalize. Well, I'm not that bad, right? But but with a mosaic of ages now, like in your company, you're going to measure all these different metrics of performance, right? Well, that's what we're doing for you biologically. Where are you across all these different metrics of performance biologically? That way, you can really get a feel for how the company's doing and where you need to you know address and place your resources. Yeah. So, um, what are, what are a few of the key, uh, metrics that you look as I know on the website, it talked about like the age of your bones and the age of your heart and yep. you know, you'd kind of share a little bit about that. Yeah. And those fall under the health category. <clears throat> so, um, one of the, uh, when it comes to, for example, uh, let's take, let's take longevity. So understanding what your telomere lengths are, uh, becomes important. Right. Because telomeres are one of the shortened telomeres are one of the hallmarks of aging. Telomeres are the end caps on the chromosome that every time a cell divides, part of it is cleaved off and not replaced. And it's kind of a timekeeper for the cell. Mm -hmm. And when the telomeres get short enough, um, then the cell basically is put into a dormant state, which is called senescence. <clears throat> and from there, that senescent cell um, can actually start to secrete toxins into the environment, which makes it difficult for the normal cells to work. So the analogy I like to use here is um, if you have a company with 100 employees and 20 of them are senescent, it means that they show up and collect a paycheck, but they don't do anything. So what's the impact on the on the productivity of the company, right? It's 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 large. But then if you they become secretory and then if you think about what the impact of that would be, now they're turning off the Wi-Fi, they're closing people's laptops, they're locking the doors, and they're recruiting other employees to become senescent. So you go from 20 to 25 to 30 to 35 to 40, and the ones that are still trying to work are working in this polluted environment. What does the productivity mm. of the company look like? Right? It's an exponential decline. It's yeah. an exponential decline in productivity, and that's the aging process. It's not a linear situation. So we look at mitochondrial function, we look at proteins um, um, and we can measure proteins now. So it turns out that aging also isn't smooth. The first, well, youth, when does youth end? Youth ends at age 26. So if you're over 26, <clears throat> you know, your youth is behind you. <laughs> the first wave of aging st starts at age 34. The next significant wave is at age 60. And the next one <clears throat> actually peaks at age 78. But these, although they're peaking at 34 and peaking at 60 and peaking at 78, um, 
there's a run into those years prior, right? So there are these points in time when you're aging more dramatically. And <clears throat> it's important to understand that. So um, the proteins become important, whether or not the proteins are uh, transcribed appropriately, whether they fold appropriately, work pro appropriately, whether they're disposed of appropriately, these kinds of things. We can measure that. We can also measure your rate of aging. We can reg <clears throat> register your DNA methylation age, which is a another clock for the for the uh, body that actually is quite accurate. Um, and it has to do with how the DNA has these little methyl groups. Those are carbon with three hydrogens attached to the DNA. And it opens up sections of the DNA to be transcribed. So those genes are expressed. And when that happens, <clears throat> the DNA methylation patterns start to uh, reflect the aging process itself. And so that can be measured. And there are ways to actually impact that where you can turn the methylation uh, patterns back to a more youthful age and document that, which is super exciting, which is what we do. We can relengthen telomeres, which is what we do. Um, COVID shortened telomeres, uh, the vaccine shortened telomeres. We've seen that in our clients. The vaccine also lowers VO2 max, which is your heart's ability to pump blood, which is also quite interesting. We've documented that now. Um, so there are going to be hurdles in life, whether it's the flu or COVID or, you know, whatever it is and being able to actually understand, well, what did it do to me and how do I get it back? So in my case, my telomeres got shortened when I had COVID and I went from being about five years younger than my chronological age to about five years older. Mm. And then using our telomerase product that we're the only ones in the world that have access to this currently, I was able to get my telomeres back to being in the 80th percentile for a 30 year old. So, you know, it's really possible. The stuff we're talking about is really possible to do. <clears throat> so I'm curious, I mean, you just went through a lot of uh, very, I'm going to call it scientific detail and it's, and it's really helpful. And I'm glad that you, you know um, how all that works and what it means for your clients and for your patients. I'm curious, like, what are some of the, from a, from a patient care standpoint, like, what are some of the things, like, what are some of the, t the top things that your clients um, will employ in terms of like, I guess it's self-care or whatever, whatever you would uh, recommend to them in order to um, help move them forward in, in longevity medicine? Right. Well, the first thing is you have to know where they are in the aging process, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the second thing is you have to know them as an individual because <clears throat> one of the problems on the internet is that there's a lot of people making a lot of generic recommendations about this is good and that's bad. Everybody should yeah. be keto. Everybody should, you know, take NMN. Everybody should do yeah. this. Everybody should do that. Um, <clears throat> and in actual fact, all those things are good. But the question is, is it good for you? And so as is it appropriate for where you're at? Do you know your underlying your genetics, your needs, your assets, your li liabilities to know where to put your time, attention and effort, right? So that's the biggest hurdle is actually um, understanding really kind of where you need to be. Um, and so we test uh, in the health sphere, you know, we're looking at your heart. We're looking at how much blood can your heart pump? How in shape are you? What's the status of your arteries, right? I'm a cardiologist by training. Yeah. We have amazing ways to look at that. We can look at the genetics to see what's your risk for heart attack, risk for stroke, risk for cerebral bleed, clotting disorders, all these kinds of things. And we like to know what somebody's dealing with because everything is manageable um, and everything can be improved, <clears throat> but you can't win at a game when you don't know what cards you're holding, right? 
So that's that's really the critical piece. Too many people don't know the cards they're holding, but they're taking recommendations on how to play the hand. Yeah. So the real the real answer here is stay off WebMD and and um, find out what's specific to you. That's right. The real the real thing is to realize that you're an N of one and there's nobody quite like you. And in order for you to win at this game, you're going to need to you know, you're going to need to get the right information. Yeah, so, yeah. I love this. Okay, so let's shift into kind of the bigger picture in the field. Um, talk to us about what Gladden Longevity is doing to advance the entire field. Yeah, so what we're doing is um, we have a couple of trials, uh, research trials. Uh, these are IRB approved trials. So IRB is Institutional Review Board, meaning that the trials are being run in an ethical fashion and, and, and all kinds of things, which makes the data publishable. And inside of the trial, <clears throat> what we figured out, particularly when it comes to longevity, so let, we're measuring all the, I only touched on a few of them, but we're measuring um, probably 20 different metrics on the longevity circle itself. And let's say that, that they're on a circle and those are levers, right? And then the question becomes, well, okay, well, we have 20 levers, let's just go pull them all, right? Because that's obviously gonna be the best thing. Well, in actual fact, that's not true. That's not how biology works. Biology is an economy of balance. It doesn't want to be pushed into a corner and held there. If you're trying to be keto all the time, you know, the body's either going to react to that in one or two ways. It's either going to find a way around it or it's going to break down. And so the body likes to cycle. It likes to cycle through states, right? You're awake, you're asleep, you run, you recover. The body wants to cycle through states. It wants to be in a build phase. It wants to be in a tear down phase. It needs all those phases to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one of the things that we're doing is learning and, and understanding how to pull those levers, the timing, the f- sequence, the frequency, the intensity, the duration with which they get pulled. So now it's very symphonic. So this becomes playing the symphony of longevity, knowing what to do, when and how. So we're pioneers in writing this symphony. So many people have a tool. Well, we have stem cells and we have exosomes and we have peptides and we have you know, NAD, and we have, you know, these different things, and they loop two or three together. And this is our strategy for you. This is what you need. Our, we, we use all those things. We, we love all those things. But it's really comes down to when do you get that? When do you need that? And when do you need the ex- exact opposite of that? Right? Uh, when do you need to be stressed? When do you need to actually recover? And, and how do you push yourself through that? So we're pioneering writing this symphony of longevity. The other thing that we're pioneering is we're pioneering, and I'm going to have to use a couple of scientific terms here, um, the transcriptomic and proteomic data that will enable us to look behind the curtain and actually see how your DNA is being expressed and where you are in the aging process. Yep. So we're pioneering that, and we think this is going to be really game changing. We're super excited about it. And then we're pioneering looping together strategies that you can't just go to your regular doctor and get. like doing plasmapheresis to remove these inflammatory cytokines from senescent cells using senolytics to kill off senescent cells, but not too many senescent cells, or they come back with a vengeance. Senomorphics to decrease senescent cell formation, right? How do you modulate things like when you're anabolic and when you're catabolic? How do you, how do you balance those out? So um, how do you relengthen telomeres? So we have, we have answers for all of these things, and we put this together into a symphonic approach for people and it becomes life-changing for them. I mean, life-changing. We had we had a guy who's 68 years old. He's Greek. He runs a Greek restaurant in the East Coast. 
Um, his son called me up. He was on the phone. He could hardly move his shoulders. He could hardly do anything. He was thinking about having to give up the restaurant, right? The whole nine yards. We go through this approach with him and not the full on deep dive, just, just some of the, what I would call basic stuffs. I talked to him at the end of this, of his year with us, and he's jumping out of the pickup. He's working all day. He has great energy. He's, he's not thinking about retiring, you know? And so it's, uh, you know, this, this is the joy of it right there. Yeah. I, I just have to tell you, like, I am so glad that you do what you do, that there's people out there that do what you do because you're making the world, like literally making the world better for people. And it's amazing. I kind of want to ask you what what motivates Dr. Gladden? Like, what what is in your heart that that drives you to do this work? Well, my dad died with dementia. Um, I had a sister that <clears throat> was mentally handicapped from an anoxic birth and passed away a few. She was about three and a half years older than me and passed away a few years ago. Um, just because she'd gotten to the end of her biologic, what her biological system yeah. could tolerate. Right. Um, and, you know, I see my mom now, you know, she's 93 and she's struggling. And my grandmother, uh, my mom's mom would tell me repeatedly when I was a kid, Jeff, you don't want to get old. It's hell to get old. You don't want to get old. And I heard that my whole life. And then my mom, I'm hearing, I've been hearing that from her for 15 years. She's 93. Um, and so it's like, well, okay, I'm not going to get old. And and then what I realized is that there was so much pain and so much suffering that people go through because of their losing their health. And I want to change the glide slope of aging for everybody on the planet, right? Which is why we have the podcast to democratize the information. We're working on other uh, technologies to be able to democratize some of the information. Um, but what we're doing right now is going to Mars, right? We're really literally trying to take people back in time and keep them there. And that's a that's a that's a that's like going to Mars, right? Nobody's ever done it. But I'm completely committed to doing it and I think we'll actually get it done. Uh, and that gives me great joy to know that we can change this, you know, apprehension that everybody has about getting older into no, this is just more opportunity for me, right? Yeah. I want to flip that whole paradigm. Yeah. And I and my greatest joy, if you want to know that, is actually just seeing my clients do well. It really just lights me up to see them do well. We just love that to death. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you brought it all together for me because earlier in the podcast, you told me about personality assessments and you and you confessed that you're a daredevil. Yeah. And so grandma said, you don't want to get old. <clears throat> and daredevil said, let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's <laughs> I don't go. follow okay. rules. I don't listen to conventions. That's right. That's <laughs> We're right. going to break it down. I love it. All right. Yeah. So I want to shift gears. Um, I uh, just kind of getting ready for today. I was looking at the uh, at the Gladden Longevity website and on the about Dr. Gladden page, I found a quote that struck me. It said, through this process of extending his health span, Dr. Gladden is ready to tackle mankind's greatest challenges as he ages chronologically, but remains youthful physiologically while becoming spiritually wiser. Oh yeah. That's I mean, right. there's, there's so much packed into that. I mean, we mm -hmm. probably do a whole nother podcast just on that one sense, but I just wondered if we could break it down. I mean, chronological age, we understand, but youthful physiology and spiritual wisdom, like, mm -hmm. can we just go there? Maybe we'll finish up with that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um, I think people get to the point where they realize that having stuff is really not what life is about. You know, there's that, there's that famous, quote about the one with the most toys wins, right? Well, I think, 
I think most people get to a point where they realize just how incredibly hollow that statement is. I mean, particularly if you have a lot of stuff, do you do you have the stuff or does the stuff have you, right? Because mm -hmm. you got to take care of it, you got to license it, you got to register it, you got to paint it, you got to do whatever you got to do, right? So I've kind of moved beyond stuff <clears throat> and I would rather have great relationships and be really spiritually centered and really have a great sense of purpose and be in alignment and, you know, clean out the cobwebs of stuff that's holding me back. We're always the biggest limitation in our own lives, right? We all play too small. And so being able to step away from those things, solve those issues, go back and heal those wounds, whatever it takes to do that, doing that so that we can actually live what I call our unencumbered lives, right? Where we really kind of claim our birthrights to be ourselves and to give our gifts to the planet. And that's really, that's really drives me because if you're doing that, then all of a sudden you want extra years to make those gifts available to the world, your family, your loved ones and everybody else. So to me, it kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, living a great life. How good can you be? And then wanting to do that so you can contribute for years and decades to come. So thank you for that. I love that. And that's your first question is how good can you be? That's it. Love that. That's right. Uh, Dr. Gladden, um, I, I wonder if we can talk this podcast is about listening to the voice that calls us to adventure. And mm. I wonder if just for a minute, you could speak to those um, who think that they no longer are capable of following that voice because they're too old, whether they're, you know, in their fifties or sixties or seventies, like, can you speak to them? What advice do you have for those folks that feel like they're beyond adventure because they're too old? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Well, I think the first thing is to <clears throat> change your mindset around it, right? Because if you acquiesce to that, and say that I am too old and you keep reinforcing that and your your family tells you you're too old and your friends tell you you're too old and you're getting a social security check and it's like, I guess I'm too old. Um, well, then that's what you're going to believe. There was a famous study that was done, I forget how many years ago, where they, they took a bunch of guys that were in their 80s or something and they'd been born in their, I don't know, the 40s or whenever it was. Um, and <clears throat> they took them back and put them in a house in that era with the music, the furniture, the the posters, the whatever it was that was synonymous with, you know, them being, let's say, in their college days. And a week later, after living there, they were more vibrant, more alive, doing more stuff, creating more ideas, you know, getting ready to go do stuff. Right. So when I talk about the power of mindset, it yeah. is it is massive. It is massive. So I would say that if you're feeling that way, the first thing I would do would be to go back in time, just imagine yourself when you were at your peak of your powers and claim that, yeah. claim that and start to live into that. Wake up that age every morning. It will change your life. I guarantee it will change your life. And from there, you'll start to ask other questions. Well, okay, my knee's bugging me. Well, geez, I'm, I'm whatever age, I'm you know, 19 years old. I got to fix my knee. Let me get my knee fixed. Yeah. So the next thing you know, you know, you just start living a different life. I love that. I also noticed that you said that youth ends at 26 and that you biologically wake up, you wake up every day and you're 27. Yeah, I wake up 27. Well, the reason I do that is um, I'll be 68 chronologically in February, but I'm actually 27. And so <clears throat> when I get to um, when I get to my 70s, I'll stay 27. When I get to my 80s, I'll be 28. When I get to my 90s, I'll be 29. That way I got a little headroom right to get to 30 it. at 100. So that's the idea. 
I love it. Dr. Gladden, you are literally changing the face of medicine and you're helping so many people. There's no doubt in my mind that at some point Hollywood's going to find you and they're going to want to make a movie about you and your life. Mm. And I want to know when they make that movie, who is going to be the Hollywood actor that's going to play you? It might be Jason Stratham, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Are you, right. He's got yeah. the look. I love it. Yeah, he's got the look. He's got the adventuring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's a good one. Uh, throw some glasses on them and, and you're good to go. Exactly. I love it. Cool. What's your movie going to be called? Uh, it's going to be called Limitless Chew. I love it. Wow. Starring Jason Statham. Yep. I'm going to yep. go see that movie. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Dr. Gladden, if people want to learn more about you, get in touch with you and your clinic, what's the best way to do that? Well, I think if you're if you're intrigued by the information that we're sharing here, I think one of the easy ways to get access to a lot more of it. Cause we've had, we used to, the podcast used to be called living beyond 120. Uh, and then we switched it to the glad and longevity podcast. So we've recorded, uh, I don't know, over 150 shows, I'm sure maybe 170. I don't know what That's it awesome. is to tell you the truth. But anyway, if you go to the glad and longevity podcast.com, you can access tons of really, really interesting conversations that we've had. Um, with people around these topics. So I think that's one way if you want to do that. The other is you can always reach out to us um, through the website and we can get to you and, and uh, talk with you about the programs that we do. We're not the uh, cheapest um, alternative in a sense, but we're the most comprehensive and I think really the best return on investment, if you will. So, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been incredible. I um, I learned so much. I took a whole bunch of notes while we were talking. I cannot awesome. wait to share this episode with so many people. And I am just really grateful that you spent the time to, to share with us today. And for those listening, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope that Dr. Gladden's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or need a nudge to create one, please send me an email. We'd also appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging Inspire Campfire in your social media. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Dr. Gladden, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, my pleasure, Scott. I really loved it. It was great. Fun. Very fun.